I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Got a big game this weekend between the Auburn Tigers and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, 11 a.m. on CBS. Is that the third straight 11 o'clock game? The third of four. The first time that Arkansas has been home in four games. This is a big one for the Razorbacks. We're going to talk to Curtis Wilkerson because he's going to give us a little bit more insight on the Auburn defense and also going to talk to Nathan King at Auburn Undercover, beat writer there, who's going to give us some good insight on the Hogs, or excuse me, on the Tigers. And, uh, yeah, also some basketball stuff to talk about, Curtis. So from your number one independent source on the Razorbacks, this is your Arkansas versus Auburn primer. And before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Also, tune in on YouTube. Throw us a like, a thumbs up, a follow, subscribe, notification bells, whatever any of those platforms ask for. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Whatever you're doing right now, take a moment and throw us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Say something nice about the show. Let us know what to think. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hogsports is just $1 right now for your first month. If you're wondering how to support the show, Sign up for Hog Sports for just $1 your first month. Give us a try over there. You'll be proud you did. You'll like what you get with Hog Sports. All right. As I mentioned, 11 a.m. CBS, third straight 11 a.m. game. And then they got an 11 a.m. game next week. A funny joke rolling around. It's not mine, but uh, Arkansas's bye week, week after next, is going to start at 11 a.m. also. Should never have to play that many 11 a.m. games. I guess the good thing for Arkansas is that they are – mostly away you you get this one but you know the, the way the Arkansas schedule shakes up because the the game at uh at Arlington was Arkansas's home game the way it shakes up you really only have a few I mean you, you had the Texas game which was great I mean that that was worth two or three games that level of excitement and getting the recruits in but then you you have a long stretch until you get a major opponent and you know it's Auburn and it's 11 o'clock and then there's another stretch and it's Mississippi State you know and then another stretch and it's Missouri so Kind of how the schedule shakes out. I thought this was interesting. Did you guys see after the the Auburn-Georgia game where Bo Nix called out the officials, basically saying they never get those calls? That's rich. That is rich. Anywho, we'll forget about how last game's played out, last year's game. I thought this was an interesting story before we get in with Nathan King here in just a little bit. Uh, college football progress report grading the second-year coaches midway through the 2021 season. I thought this was cool. Uh, Carl Durrell, Colorado, gets an F. Yikes. Jimmy Lake at Washington with an F. Mike Norvell at Florida State with a D-. minus. That might be generous. Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri with a C-. minus. Nick Rolovich at Washington State with a C. Mike Leach at Mississippi State with a C plus. Greg Schiano at Rutgers with a B. Dave Aranda at Baylor with a B. Jeff Halfley at Boston College gets a B plus. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss with a B plus. And Sam Pittman at Arkansas getting an A. An A for Sam Pittman. 
Shine's rubbed off a little bit these last couple of games. They'll see if they can get it back for this one. If they get this one back, I mean, Arkansas is 5-2 suddenly. How have they played that many games? How have they played six games? We said it would go fast, didn't we? I mean, isn't it bizarre how fast football season flies by? Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's me getting older. I don't know. Mel Tucker at Michigan State, by the way, is number one with an A+. So Mel Tucker gets an A-plus. The place he left, Colorado, after spending like one year there, I guess, gets an F for their hire, for their replacement. Danny West has a breakdown of notable visitors for this game. Obviously, you're not getting official visitors, but there's going to be a lot of players that come in still. It's tough to get kids in from Georgia. There's a couple of guys that are coming in from Georgia, but Danny's got a list of those guys who are expected to be in. I mean, it's it's an 11 o'clock game. Arkansas, as we've mentioned many times, has to go farther for their talent, has to reach into Texas and stuff. So asking a kid to get up at the crack of dawn after they played a football game Friday night, possibly on the road, that's asking a lot. It's really asking a lot. So they need to get that Mississippi State game at a better time. They need to get it at a night game. That would be big for them because the Missouri game is day after Thanksgiving, so that's tricky in the first place, and it's a one thirty game. So it's it's okay time slot. You can make it here, but you still got to get up early if you're coming from a long way away. Just looking real quick at some of the stats for Auburn. We went over some of the stuff um, on Tuesday for the – excuse me, Monday for the uh, – Overall team stats, leading rushers, Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bixby. Hunter's averaging 9.9 yards per carry. 47 carries, 465 yards, three touchdowns for the freshman. I mean, that's impressive. And this isn't a guy who was like super highly rated. He's like number 740-something ranked player in the country, a three-star recruit, class of 2021. Tank Bixby, as we've seen, we saw him last year against Arkansas. He ran really well. It's kind of a rainy day, obviously. He's averaging 5.45 yards per carry, but I think the last three games it's like 3.1. Not not been very productive the last few games. But both those guys are averaging a little over 75 yards per game. Bo Nix obviously leads them in passing. He hasn't had a spectacular passing year. The thing with Bo that gives you some fits is how he can extend plays. We saw that in the LSU game in Death Valley. And, you know, that's a hostile environment. That's a good win. I don't care, like, LSU is going through some stuff right now, obviously. But uh, still going down to Death Valley at night and winning is is an impressive feat. 57.8% completion percentage. He's been benched a little bit this year. 1,196 yards, passing six touchdowns, one interception. Only a 121.8 efficiency rating. Not a great efficiency rating for Bo Nix this season. Top receivers, Demetrius Robinson. Robertson, excuse me, 21 catch for 231 yards. Kobe Hudson, 19 for 267. And uh, John Samuel Schenker, who's the tight end, 19 for 256. So they spread it around a pretty good bit. Chandler Wooten, who stepped in for uh, Owen Papoa, I believe is how you say it. Might be wrong on that. Papo, Papoa, somebody correct me if you want with a phonetic spelling. <laughs> By the way, get your questions in. We're going to get to your questions here uh, after a little bit, so get your questions in. Uh, but he's leading them with 43 tackles, which is 14th in the SEC. He's the guy that's kind of stepped in there for him. Sack leaders, Derek Hall and, and T.D. Moultrie, each with three sacks, which tie for 16th in the conference. Roger McCreary, senior cornerback, tied for third in the SEC with two interceptions. Okay. I mean, this is a big one. 
I mean, Arkansas loses this one, that's three losses in a row. They definitely drop out of the top 25. You definitely drop out of the top 25 if you lose this one. You can't lose three games in a row. I don't care if it's to all ranked teams. And Auburn's ranked in the coaches' poll, not in the AP. It's an early game. It's a sellout. Sam Pittman announced last night it's a sellout. That doesn't mean the stands will be full. It just means all the tickets are sold. But it's still a really good indicator. 11 o'clock, Sam Pittman has basically said time is a construct. It doesn't mean anything. 11 o'clock can be 7 o'clock if you want it. His words. He said he's felt pretty good at 10 o'clock in the morning when he was growing up. He thinks the students can feel pretty good about 10 o'clock too if they want. <laughs> They'll be camped out. Eric Musselman's going to feed them. Should be a great environment. Now, if you ever wonder, like, can an 11 o'clock game make a difference from a crowd standpoint? It can. I saw it at Georgia. Now, I also went to Ole Miss and Oxford. I didn't think the crowd made that big of a difference, and there were some empty seats, and they kind of treated it like it was an 11 o'clock game. Georgia game, they treated it like it was a primetime prime time slot, and it was a primetime game. It was a top-10 matchup, and they showed up for it. This is also huge for Arkansas. I mean, you win this one, you get to four wins, you move to two and two in the conference. What did I say, four wins? You get five wins, five and two, yeah. I don't know what I said. Five and two. It's big for Auburn, too. I mean, the things that I like for Auburn, the reason I'm I'm going with Auburn, or excuse me, I'm going with Arkansas on this one, but the things I like for Arkansas, excuse me, I'm all over the place. Um, I like a second-year program more than a first-year program, okay, even though Arkansas had farther to climb out of. I think they've, they've done that. Uh, I like Arkansas's quarterback better. I like K.J. better than Bo Nix. I think he's performing better. I like the home team. Th- those are some of the main points, you know. I mean, we can go into, you know, about individual matchups and all those kinds of things. and um, But those are the main things that I look at. Home team, quarterback's better. I think Arkansas has got a slightly better team overall also. Year two of a program versus year one. I'm thinking somewhere along the lines, 31-24, 31-27 maybe Arkansas in this one. So maybe everybody won't jump down my throat. Everybody, like, guilted me in. Guilted me in to picking Arkansas last weekend when I said on this show I was going to pick Ole Miss one week ago. Well, I was leaning to Ole Miss. I didn't say I was going to pick them. I wasn't finalized. But everybody was like, are you even a Hog fan? How dare you? How dare you, sir? Anyway, I'm going with, I'm going with Arkansas on this one. I think returning home, uh, I think it will invigorate them. The defense hasn't been playing very well. It's been a bit of a disappointment these last couple of weeks, especially last week. I mean, Georgia, I can understand a little bit. First big game on the road in front of an environment like that, playing a defense like that, the number one ranked team in the country now. I can understand. I, I don't know if you can really like, that's oh, fine, 37-0. But that's a black eye moment, I guess. And I've said this before, like I think that in year two of a program, what you should do, a great standard set, is to win your home games and give yourself a shot in the road games. They've done that. And more, they've, they've dominated the road, the home games basically so far. The road games, the one black eye is Georgia just not putting up a fight. Not, I wouldn't, nobody was expecting them to win. Some were, few, but mostly Arkansas fans, mostly diehards. But uh, they just didn't put up a, a great fight in that one. And then the Ole Miss game I thought was more disappointing because the defense just – and I know they're beat up. And there's been, you know, all kinds of talk. Is Jalen Catalan going to play? Um, you know, we see a, a brace on Grant Morgan's knee. There's there's all kinds of issues like that. But I think returning home, if the crowd's into it, it feels like the student section is going to be there. 
Eric Musselman ordered a thousand breakfast burritos from Sonic to feed the students on Saturday. Sam Pittman has made a plea to come support, be rowdy, treat it like it's a seven o'clock game. It's all about the mindset. So I think it'll be a good crowd. I'm expecting a really good crowd. It's supposed to be like 56 degrees or so at kickoff. What time have we got? What are the, the details here? Uh, what's the temperature going to be? Weather. Okay, here it is. Forecast calls for 56 degrees. It's going to get a little bit warmer. But that's nice. That's nice. That's football weather. No chance of rain. No chance of rain. Arkansas is currently a four-and-a-half-point favorite, so the money's going Arkansas's way. It started out as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The the under-over is set at 54 points. So I like Arkansas to slightly beat that and be pretty close on that betting line. You can read all more on the how to watch stuff, including radio radio stations to tune into uh, on hogsports.com. There's an article by our man Andrew Ellis right there on that. All right. I said I was going to get to Nathan King about now, so I want to get to him. So Nathan King, you can follow him at NathanKing247. He is a beat writer for Auburn Undercover. And we talked to him last year, got some good information from him too on last year's game. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, this is Nathan. Nathan, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining the show. Hey, I'm doing good. How are y'all? Uh, we're doing good. We're good. We're looking forward to another 11 o'clock game. I don't know if you are aware, but this is Arkansas's third, I have heard that, yes. third straight 11 o'clock game and first game out of the last four in Razorback Stadium, which never should really happen from a scheduling standpoint. So 
Nathan, I wanted to just jump right into this with you, and we'll kind of go along the same lines as we did with our behind enemy enemy lines talk earlier. Uh, can you update us a little bit on the Razorback, or excuse me, on the Auburn injury situation? Who's been out? Who might be returning? Those kinds of things. Yeah, so they've gotten a couple guys back over the past few weeks who've just been dealing with minor injuries. Um, the one I can really think of that stands out to me the most is Javarius Johnson. Um, he's a starting wide receiver or at least he was at the start of the season. That receiver rotation has kind of changed around a little bit over the course of the year. Um, I'm not sure how well Arkansas fans know the problems Auburn has had at receiver, but they've tried out some different things. Um, But the biggest guy who's missing right now, and we'll see if he comes back on Saturday, is Owen Papo. Uh, He's a former five-star recruit. He's a team captain this season, and he's part of that really talented linebacking core, that, that trio of experienced linebackers that are really the heart of this defense. He sustained a lower body injury against Penn State in week three. Still questionable. Brian Harson is, is pretty mum on injuries. Um, mm-hmm. Really doesn't like to go into a lot of specifics. Uh, but he, you know, he, his his status for Owen Papo has been questionable the past three weeks, and he hasn't played any of those games. So we'll see if he's able to come back for this one. Then another starter on defense. Um, it's not an injury, but an edge rusher named T.D. Moultrie. Um, he has not played the past two games either, um, but for him, he's dealing with a compliance issue. The specifics of that are, are undisclosed at the moment, but we reported that it is a compliance issue, and he's having to sit out and wait while they work while Auburn's compliance department is working on that. So we'll see you know, when he's able to come back. Um, I would probably say he's doubtful for Saturday just because we haven't heard any positive notes um, along that storyline so far this week. But, um, yeah, that, that's, that's probably they're, – they're, they're pretty healthy. At this point in the season, other than Papo, um, they've gotten a bunch of guys back. Like I said, that had that had minor injuries, but uh, you know, pregame in 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 Arkansas on Saturday, uh, number zero on defense. He'll probably be the one people want want to take a look at, see if he's stressed out because uh, he can help him out in a big way if he's playing. Papo's so easy to say, and I want to say it so many different ways. I don't know why I struggle with that name, but I want to say like Papoa and all kinds. Of, it's all the P's, oh, I guess. That, that it, it, took, it took a good year for everybody to, for everybody yeah. to get it under the belt. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what would you say the biggest difference are differences are for uh, for Auburn under Brian Harson versus uh, the previous regime with Gus Malzahn? Right. So, starting with on the field. Um, it's going to be a different-looking offense than Arkansas fans are used to seeing when they play Auburn. Um, it's a, a pro-style. It's still a spread. It's still uh, up-tempo, but it is more pro-style. You know that Mike Bobo likes to do that. He and Brian Harson sort of put their heads together in the offseason, and obviously Harson has been a play caller before. He's been an offensive coach his entire um, career, but he is not calling the plays. And no, this isn't a situation like with Gus Malzahn where he says he wasn't calling the plays, but he actually was. Um, basically, the way this sort of brain trust works is Mike Bobo is calling Brian Harson's plays. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it's Harson's playbook, and, and obviously it's got a lot of Bobo flavor in there as well. But So you're going to see some under center. Um, you're going to see some 12 personnel. You'll see some 13 personnel at times. And so it's some stuff that Auburn fans really weren't used to. Um, you know, obviously Gus Malzahn was um, a lot more of your standard zone read system, and, and tight ends were sort of a thing of the past with them. Well, um, one of Auburn's most consistent pass catchers this season is a tight end, and they've certainly got a lot of use out of them blocking in the backfield too. So it's uh, it's more of a utilized position right now, a little bit more emphasis on a downhill run game, um, and then you try to go play action over the top, or at least that has been the game plan. But as we'll get into later, Auburn's trailed 
in its last three games. So the game plan's kind of gone out the window, and they've had to throw 40-plus passes in each game. But then on defense, it's Derek Mason, who everybody knows is a, is a talented coordinator. He did a lot of good things at Stanford, and then his defenses at Vanderbilt, um, you know, they were plucky um, for the amount of talent that he had there. He was still able to put together some decent units. And so it's a 3-4, but that's – I mean, that's really just kind of the base of it. Um, it's a very versatile defense. You'll see some 4-2-5. You'll see some two-down linemen looks um, from them. Uh, really, they're, what they've deployed more than anything is having two defensive tackles and two edge rushers mm-hmm. um, is kind of in their base set this season. So um, it'll look a little bit different from the 4-2-5 base we saw from Kevin Steele over the past five seasons. But um, And then, like we talked about in our, uh, in our emails, Trey, it's, you know, off the field, it, it was a big culture change bringing in Brian Harson uh, at this point, and even in the off season. I mean, we didn't know whether it was a positive or a negative, and I don't think we're going to know that for a while. But Brian Harson is very different. Um, you know, Arkansas people know what Gus Malzahn is like, and they know his personality. Um, really good guy, but not necessarily the most intense person in the world. Brian Harson is very intense. He's very detail oriented. Um, the strength program this off season, every single player we talked to said it was the hardest they've ever been worked. Um, so, you know, there, there, there was a little bit of a culture difference bringing him in and bringing in his new staff. And that's pretty much what Auburn fans wanted, you know, because Gus Malzahn was pretty good. He put together some pretty good seasons. I think he objectively raised the floor at Auburn to where if he wasn't winning nine games, it was a disappointment. So it's not like Auburn fans were upset with the amount of games he was winning. They just needed something, some sort of freshness in the program to change things up. It's getting kind of stale. Mm. Uh, there at the end so uh you know again too soon to tell whether that's a good or bad thing um i don't really think it's going to matter um just like gus malzahn harson's going to be judged um on the amount of teams he puts together that compete for championships um and that's that's really the number one thing all our fans are looking for Nathan King joining us. Nathan at Nathan King 247 on Twitter, uh beat writer for Auburn Undercover. Nathan, I wanted to ask you about Bo Nix. He's had an interesting season this year. What are your thoughts on him as a quarterback? Who is he, and what, what's been going on with him this year? Yeah, Bo's an interesting player. Um, he's had some ups and downs in his career. He has certainly not been a boring quarterback um, to follow in the last three years. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, I can't remember who it was. Somebody on Twitter put together early this season um, a chart of his quarterback ratings in every game he's ever played. So he started, he started 31 games. Now he's probably going to end his career um, as, as the, you know, having played the most games, having started the most games of any quarterback in all of history, just because of how many years he's been the, the full-time starter. But um, his quarterback rating chart looked like a roller coaster. I mean, there'd be some games where he'd have a you know, like spectacular performance, very efficient. Um, and then other games would be, you know, 13 of 31 with two interceptions. Like, Mm-hmm. Um, he's just gone back and forth so much in his career. I will say, and, and, and it might surprise people, but I think this season he's actually been pretty consistent. I think he's consistently been the kind of player we know that he is. Um, he's not somebody who's going to really blow you away, but he is somebody who can control an offense and move an offense down the field. And then he's also the guy that everybody you know saw the LSU highlights, and he's been making these kinds of plays every once in a while in his career, but he's a really good athlete. I mean, he is, he is the definition of a dual threat quarterback. Um, they ran some, some pro day type drills in the off season and his 40 yard dash was better than most of the skill guys on the team. So he is a really athletic quarterback. Um, and that's honestly what he does best right now is just sort of create because, and we'll get to this later, I'm sure, but 
these these pass catchers for Auburn and this receiving core is really really struggling this season. So almost their best offense in the passing game has been Bo just scrambling around, guys coming open, just a scramble drill where you get guys open at the end of a play um, because he's capable of standing back there and standing in and making a good pass. I mean, he's a five star recruit for a reason. He's got a really talented arm, um, but he'll fire it in there right on right on target, and the guys will just point blank drop it. Um, so it's really tough to get a read on him this season. I will say he's probably a little bit better than his stats indicate. But at the same time, if you're a defense, you're not necessarily preparing for a guy whose stats are better than that because you know that he's not got a lot of playmakers around him that are going to make up for that. So um, Bo's a talented quarterback. I like Bo. Um, I think he's, he's still got his you – know, he's not necessarily there at his ceiling yet. At the same time, I, I, I sort of think we know who he is. He kind of is what he is. I don't think he's got much farther to go in terms of his development. I think he's a good, not great quarterback that needs playmakers around him in order to succeed, and he doesn't really have many of those this season. I'll get you out of here with this one, Nathan. But how do you see it playing out? What do you What do you have? Do you have a prediction you'd like to give us? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing for Auburn is going to be establishing a ground game. Um, and you talked about it in, in your responses to me, Trey. But um, you know, Arkansas a little bit banged up over the past few games in that run defense, as opposed to the first few games. Of the season, we saw Ole Miss go for over 300 yards on them. Obviously, everybody was getting theirs in that game last weekend. Um, and Ole Miss does that to pretty much everybody. But Auburn's got a lot of talent in the backfield. I mean, Tank Bixby's a guy that um, was a preseason All-American by some outlets um, just a few months ago. And over his past three games, he's really kind of lost his luster. He's only averaging 3.1 yards per carry. just doesn't seem to have that burst right now. Um, he doesn't have an injury, and the reason I say that is because his carries haven't diminished he hasn't he hasn't had any less carries per game and Auburn's got capable guys behind him and Jarquez Hunter and Sean Shivers who are also capable of uh, of contributing in the backfield so Auburn's got to get at least close to 200 yards rushing in this game in my opinion because we've seen what the offense looks like when they're not able to do that they weren't able to run the ball on the road at LSU even though they won that game um, and the offense is just sporadic um, you know, it, it's capable of some big things. Bo Nix is certainly capable um, of making some big plays. We've seen that throughout his career. Um, but right now, Auburn as a team leads the SEC and drops with 22. That's kind of the biggest storyline right now. And then the offensive line has regressed, really dating back to the Georgia State game, which, mind you, three weeks ago, Auburn almost lost at home to Georgia State. Um, the offensive line has really not been pretty since then. So to me, looking at this game, I've been impressed with what Arkansas has done this season. I think they're a, a bona fide top 20 team. You look at their two losses, they were one play away from winning last week, and then nobody's really going to hold it against you to lose to Georgia like that. And then their two big wins have aged pretty decently. Texas looks like a pretty good team. I know they lost, but they're, they're certainly a, a top 25 team. And then obviously we saw what, what Texas A&M did. So I think we haven't talked much about the defense, but um, you know they, their pass rush is not necessarily – been consistent and really it just goes back to what we've seen from Auburn the past few seasons where the offense isn't helping them out very much the offense isn't uh, you know, the defense will get three and outs here and there and look pretty good and I do think this is an above average defense um, but then the offense will just turn right around and go three and out the other way and when you put the defense on the field too often it's not going to end up being, uh, being, being too good for your results so I think KJ Jefferson is a big challenge um, literally and figuratively and, and I like the big play weapons that he has and I think they're capable of hitting a few of those against this Auburn defense. So I do think this is a really evenly matched game, but in that case, I'm going to go with the home team 
Um, I'm going to go with the weapons KJ Jefferson has, and I'm just I don't trust Auburn yet to be able to outscore. Like I said, Ar- I think Arkansas is a really good team. I don't I don't trust Auburn to be able to outscore a really good team on the road. Um, but if I'm wrong, then I think Auburn's got a pretty good chance of winning eight or nine games in the regular season this year. Uh, but right now, I'm going to pick Arkansas 34 to 27. All right, Nathan, we kept you a little bit longer, but you kept providing great insight. Really appreciated it as, as always. And uh, are, you, are you by chance making the trip to Fayetteville? I am not. No, had a had a little bit of a, a snag come up, so I'll be I'll be watching tomorrow. I hear you, man. I, I've been on the road the last three weeks, and it is it is brutal. <laughs> so I'm glad to be home uh, myself this yeah, weekend. For sure. All right, appreciate you, Nathan. Thank you. All right, appreciate all right, everybody. That's Nathan King again. You can follow him at Nathan King under or excuse me at Nathan King 247 he is a beat writer for Auburn undercover part of the 24/7 Sports Network okay next up we're going to go to Curtis Wilkerson because there is a few things we want to talk to old Curtis about a lot of basketball stuff too basketball starting to gear up you kind of feel that starting to happen hey Trey Curtis my man how you doing I'm good how are you I'm doing great. So we want to talk a little bit about this matchup with Auburn and Arkansas, but there's a lot going on with Razorback basketball, basketball recruiting, specifically Jordan Walsh, Link Academy, Cedar Hill, Texas. Arkansas and Texas seem to be the main schools there for him. What are you hearing? What's going on with Jordan Walsh right now? Yeah, you know, this is uh, this has been a long time coming, this decision. You know, Arkansas has prioritized Jordan Walsh for – I mean, at least a good year now. And, uh, you know, obviously things really started to heat up this summer. He made an official visit to Arkansas in June. Uh, that went really well by all indications on, on both sides of the coin there. Uh, you know, this is a guy who, when they open up these live evaluation periods, the Arkansas coaching staff made it a point to be at every single game he played, no matter where it was throughout the summer. Uh, they've been out to his home. They've been to his practices. Uh, so I, I don't think there's anyone out there that's recruited uh, Jordan Walsh harder than Arkansas has. But you mentioned Texas, and, you know, this is a, it's the home state school. Uh, Chris Beard recruited him pretty heavily when he was at Texas Tech, uh, has continued to do so at Texas. They got him on a visit there recently. Uh, and so they, you know, admittedly have closed the gap a little bit there. So uh, coming down to decision time today, 5 o'clock Central, uh, Jordan Walsh is going on Instagram live to announce that decision. Uh, and, and it's an exciting time. I, you know, based on everything that I've gathered, uh, I don't know that anyone's really 100% on what's going to happen here, but it's a, it's a pretty good consensus that, that Arkansas should be feeling good. Uh, I, I like where they're at. Uh, I'd give them a slight edge at this point. And I tell you what, if they're able to land this guy tonight, it's going to be one of the better athletes that Arkansas has had in the program in a while. I mean, this guy can take off. Uh, he can fly. I mean, he'll, he'll dunk it in traffic. would be a really exciting player to have. It would be the second five-star into the class, and it would be the first time that that has happened in the modern rankings era. So mm. a lot on the line this evening. Jordan Walsh, 6'7", 190-pound power forward small forward kind of in between there uh but as curtis said he's a guy that can leap out of the gym number 27th ranked player in the entire country listed as number seven small forward number two player out of the state of texas nice credentials for jordan walsh and this is a guy that we've been talking about for a long time i think this would solidify arkansas as a top three recruiting class probably in this group and um 
man, it'd be a nice, nice to go with Nick Smith and, and Darian Ford and Pinion, all those guys. Um, be a nice, nice addition there. So flipping you over, you got any other basketball stuff you want to talk about, Curtis? First. Uh, no, I mean, Jordan Walsh is the man of the hour, so yeah. I don't think we need to go anywhere further than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'd like you feeling a little more confident <laughs> than you do. For those of you uh, listening right now or not watching live, uh, this is being recorded on Thursday, so uh, if you're listening Friday or Saturday, then it's obviously already happened, and you know the answer. All right, Curtis, you've uh, you've kind of dove into this Auburn defense against Arkansas's offense. What what do you like about the matchup? What do you, what do you have concerns about for Arkansas? Well, I I think it's overall a, a pretty good matchup for the Arkansas offense if they can continue to build on the momentum that they that they generated last weekend. Uh, you know, when I look at this Auburn defense, uh, they're good, not great. You know, and they're not Georgia. Uh, they're better than Ole Miss. You know, it's a physical group. They're pretty aggressive. They have a lot of talent, uh, and I, I think this is a, an Auburn defense that's capable of being really good. But it seems like they're kind of still mastering what Derek Mason is expecting of them, and, and they are vulnerable uh, to some breakdowns, some busted coverages, and, and they've been burned on some big plays, especially in that secondary from time to time, uh, which is interesting because I, I think that's where they have a lot of their talent. Uh, then you look up front on their defensive line, uh, they're third in the SEC in, in run defense, so uh, will be a, an interesting matchup to follow. We know how Arkansas runs the ball. Uh, they've benefited on the interior from a couple of, of transfer additions. They have a seventh-year senior uh, in Tony Fair, a big guy, <clears throat> excuse me, 6'1", 330 uh, pounds out of UAB that they brought in has helped them quite a bit. And then uh, a Kansas transfer on that defensive line and Marcus Harris, uh, another guy on the interior who's been good for them. Uh, I do like their linebackers, so uh, you know it's it's going to be interesting. But man, I, I just I'd like to think that Arkansas really kind of turned a corner. Uh, again, that Ole Miss defense isn't great, but you know Arkansas looked good. Uh, they got a number of guys involved in the passing game, which I, I think was good to see. KJ Jefferson spread that thing out, and even in a loss, I I think that unit gained a lot of confidence. Uh, we'll be going into another game with some you know solidified a little bit on that offensive line. Uh, if, if Ty Clary's in there at right tackle again, which I, I thought he looked pretty good there uh, last week. So I, I, I think this matchup can favor Arkansas here uh, if they continue to, to keep the foot on the pedal and, and move forward like they did last week. How do you think it's going to play out, Curtis? Crystal ball. Well, you know, I, I would like to think, and it's interesting, you know, this is an SEC game that Arkansas is favored in. When's the last time that happened, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that, you know, this Arkansas team has turned the corner. 2017, by the way. Go ahead. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I, I do think that this team has turned the corner to the point where you should win the games that you're favored to win in your home stadium. And it's been a while since they've been in that home stadium. And, and even though it's an 11 o'clock game, it sounds like there's going to be a pretty good atmosphere. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk by any means. Uh, and I do have some concerns about, you know, how beat up are they and, mm-hmm. and worn down after, uh, you know, a pretty pretty grueling stretch of games here. But uh, I, I like the Hogs at home. I think, would you say the over-under was set at 54? 54, yeah. Uh, I, I'd probably go over that. I, I think there's going to be some scoring in this one. Uh, but I, I think I'm going with the Hogs. Yeah, I think maybe just a little bit more scoring uh, this one. I mean, heck, Arkansas scored. Uh, 51 last week and maybe could have had 53, but uh, that would have been nice. But uh, almost scored that much on their own. 
So, all right, Curtis. Well, I appreciate the insight on Jordan Walsh, and we'll look forward. But round about what time are we thinking today on Jordan? Yeah, that's that's coming at uh, five o'clock Central Time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> five o'clock Central Time on his his Instagram live. He's going live with uh, with ESPN's Paul Biancardi. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks, Curtis. All right, appreciate it. Yep, no problem. All right. Curtis Wilkerson join us again. You can follow Curtis at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. He has been with us for over a year, has written well over a thousand articles for hogsports.com and just um, just an overall good dude who does a great job for us at hawgsports.com. All right, before we jump into your questions, I want to remind you one more time, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Take a moment and live as a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you're watching on video or whatever. In fact, we've got some interesting ones on the reviews. And I said if you leave a great review – then we are going to mention you. So I'm, I'm going to read read my favorite one here so far. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Trey Biddy is from another planet. Trey Biddy came from the depths of the Milky Way galaxy and was sent here from his alien superiors to cover a team named the Arkansas Razorbacks. This is from Lando Calriz 1, capital Z, to, <laughs> to cover the team known as the other Arkansas Razorback. No one knows his exact birthplace, but he has overtaken the Razorback media scene with his consistent reporting, voice memos from Friday night, and walking talks from ground level. His bald head can reportedly reflect the power of 500 laser beams firing at once and at one time was used as a satellite similar to our moon for another planet in our galaxy. All right, if you think you can beat that review, then I will read it on the air. But so far, that's the best one I've seen. All right, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you think how to find your favorite podcast. Hogsports is just $1 right now for your first month, hawgsports.com. Also sign up for our free newsletter. We'll send you in your email inbox free uh, Razorback news each day along with uh, any breaking news items. And also sign up for our text alerts where we'll only send you breaking news text alerts. That's just breaking news. You're not going to get anything else from us except for breaking news. HAWGsports.com. All right. Questions, questions. Let's see what we got here. Marco Giles says, Trey, do us a favor and Rick James slap anybody who still questions KJ's abilities. Rick James. Jonathan Parker says, what about putting Henderson on the offensive line? Henderson? Marcus? I, I think the thing with Marcus is they just feel like he's too light right now. They want him up over 300 pounds. He's more around 290. Kerry Davis is uh, – Eric Musselman is the ambassador for the athletic department. Love this guy. He's done a great job, especially on social media. His social media interac- interactions are better than any coach in the country. Josh Wilbank says, you have not woke up yet. <laughs> J- I, part of that's true. I'm a little wiped out feeling. I think maybe part of it is maybe the weather changing a little bit, but I do feel a little bit. I don't feel my normal normal self. Thanks for pointing that out, Josh. <laughs> Jason Barker says, is our defense going to show up? I think they'll show up better than they did against Ole Miss, but I still think that they're going to give up some points. I just They just don't seem – now, coming home is going to be different. I mean – They've played at their best in front of a home crowd, right? I mean, every game this season, their worst games on defense, Georgia and all, and, and Ole Miss. What do those have in common? Both on the road. So, they're going to be 
you know, there'll be a little bit more inspiration added coming home. Josh Wilbank says, yeah, but you did not know. What? Yeah, but you did not know they was to play fake injured either. I'm not sure what you mean. Ray Stabler says, I'm bringing seven with me Saturday. There you go. Mark Douglas says, we've had games where the defense carried the team. And like last week, the offense carries the team. I mean, part of that's because Ole Miss's defense is so bad. And I've said this before, like KJ, everybody's it's a breakout game for KJ Jefferson, right? I mean, what I saw is a guy back there just patting the ball, standing flat-footed. Where am I going here? Plenty of time to throw. Plenty of time to throw. You get that, you're going to look good most of the time. I guess the good part of it is like, knowing that he does have time to throw, he's going to deliver when he has that. For Auburn, Auburn has to get – Auburn is going to have to put pressure on KJ some kind of way, and they're going to have to do it with their three-man front, maybe four. No more than that. If they do more than that, that's what KJ wants. He wants you coming after him. He wants you in the box. If you do that, then you're going to be in trouble. But if they can get pressure with three or four men, they'll be in a lot better shape. Tan Danner says 35 – 45-34 Arkansas. Rocket Sanders will have a huge breakout game. Lane – I mean, I think he had a breakout game last week. Lane Hancock says, I believe that if the crowd shows up and acts like they did during the Texas game, Arkansas will walk away with a win easily. If the crowd – if the crowd is at the same level as they were against Texas, which I don't know if it's quite possible to do at 11 o'clock, but you can get close. If they're like that, Arkansas wins this game. Hands, I'm already picking Arkansas, but I could guarantee it. If the crowd is like they were against Texas, then Arkansas wins the game. They will play a factor. They absolutely can play a factor. Now, that means never stopping. That means the momentum carries the whole time. That means pretty much every seat in the place is filled. That's a hard standard to live up to week after week. Appreciate you, Don Henry, sending that to your friends. Norman Hunt says, Arkansas wins 31-24, coming from behind before controlling the last five minutes and getting the game winning score with seconds left. Landon Montgomery says, I kind of think it, it's going to be like that, Norman, but I kind of think they might jump out on him. Landon Montgomery says, Rocket Sanders will be a DMAC caliber back before he leaves Arkansas. I get – each week I have a hard time deciding who's the best back on this team. I mean, like lately, I'm obviously thinking Rocket Sanders. You know, there was a time where I'm thinking Dominic Johnson. There's a time where I'm thinking, wow, just get A.J. Green the ball more. Look at that speed. And then there's Traylon Smith, who's the starter. I mean, that's a good problem to have. I always like one back kind of, you know, being the guy. But if it's going to be anybody, I, I kind of you kind of get the feeling more and more that Rocket Sanders, just by the way he's running. Now let's see how he runs against Auburn's defense. And he, he did some – I mean, he ran for, for – I, I guess he combined for like 43 yards or so against Georgia. Part of that was on a 22-yard catch and run. Landon Montgomery says, trade as Arkansas bounce back or fizzy into mediocrity. We can still win the West. <laughs> it's going to be tough. They're going to need some help from Alabama, obviously. I guess if you beat Alabama, take care of business, then got a good chance, right? Um, I don't know. I feel like they're going to win this game. I mean, losing three in a row would be tough, especially with the way they started out. Pat Gamble says, go Razorbacks. Rick Dodson says, how special? How are special teams expected to do? I mean, special teams are crapshoot. You just kind of keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> Blake Ruton says, I feel like Walsh is a lock. Todd Drake says, let's call the Hogs. Blake Ruton says, if we get Walsh, how likely, how about who will likely follow more to come? 
Todd Drake says, can we get Anthony Black also? Those have been good questions for Curtis. If you want to talk to Curtis and have him regularly uh, to be able to, to ask him questions, go to hogsports.com, go to the Razor's Edge message form, and you can ask him any question you want anytime, and he's going to get to you. With Auburn's power running game, what are the chances we see a repeat of, to a lesser extent of the Georgia game? I mean, they're, they're going to try to run at them. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. But, I mean, we see a repeat of the Georgia game. What does that mean, like just pounding at them slowly over and over again? Because Georgia only had three plays over 15 yards in the whole game. They were just pounding the ball. They only threw the ball four times in the second half. Ole Miss a little bit different. They were just gashing Arkansas. Blake Rutan says, if we get Walsh, we get Anthony, at least that's the popular opinion. Yeah, some people have said that. Cody Payne says, I got a lot of, t- I got a lot of time. My question's out. They get buried. You're f- too famous now, Trey. <laughs> Thank you, Cody. Oh, your question's timeout. Gotcha. Sorry. Blake Rutan says, my burning question this week has been, does Sonic – where'd it go? Does Sonic even keep enough stock? I know I was thinking that too. They have enough stock. They have enough eggs in Sonic. Feeling this week for Knox, breakout game, passing, and Johnson will knock some more folks on their butt. Hogs 34-21, Justin Starr says. There's a lot of 34-something what I see out there. Uh, Cody Blasco says the game is almost sold out. It is sold out, actually. Jesse Brian Cox says any news if we're going to try a four-man front. They've been working four-man front in practice. They've done that in other practices, and, we, and we've only seen three-man front. So it doesn't mean it. But they have been doing that. Ron Wilkes says, Trey, you do absolutely incredible work. Love listening to you. Everything. Razorbacks, Hogs win by three touchdowns. Appreciate that, Ron. Take that, copy it, paste it over on Apple Podcasts. Let everybody know what you think of the show. Throw us that five-star rating. If you don't want to leave a review, that's fine. But just go over there and pop over there and and throw that five-star rating. We really appreciate that. Elder Regional Allen says, Trey, I apologize for bashing you. Your pick was correct. I respect what you do. I appreciate that, Elder. I mean, I get it. Trust me, I, I absolutely do. And I ended up actually picking Arkansas to win. So, I really did. Um, and, and a lot of that, I think, you know, just the more the injuries we heard going throughout the week, it just kind of seemed like that. You know, the margin of error is razor thin in these games. I mean, it's razor thin. So, little things like that, you know, some can be, can be keys. And Arkansas certainly could have won the game. And, I mean, people criticize that play, but they also scored a touchdown on that play earlier in the game, the same play. Landon Montgomery says, we'll get you out with this here. Landon Montgomery says, Trey, I'd rather be called out on your show than college game day. You do a great job, brother. Appreciate you, Landon. <laughs> Dustin Hoofman, and one more. Do you feel like we are low on backups for defense and that wears us down throughout the year? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they've been fortunate to have three linebackers because they, they haven't really had that lately. You know, they haven't had like three linebackers they feel great about putting in there. So, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I, I guess – they just run into some team. I, Ole Miss is a very talented offense. Georgia is very physical, and I think that's probably just softened everybody up a little bit. I mean, just you get bumps and bruises and broken hands and knee braces and all those kind of things. That's what happens. All right, everybody. We're going to wrap it up here. Next time I see you, I'll be walking out of Razorback Stadium. There's not going to be a blower. There's not going to be a lawnmower this time. We're going to have our best walking walk and talk that we've had this year. It's going to be hard to live up to the Texas one, but I think it's going to be a good one. If Arkansas wins, that's all I'm saying. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. 
thanks to Nathan King for hopping on and providing his insight on the Auburn Tigers, Curtis Wilkerson for his on Razorback basketball, and some more on the Auburn defense versus Arkansas offense. Appreciate all of you for your questions. Go sign up at hogsports.com if you haven't done so already, and follow the page on Facebook, YouTube, and throw us a five-star review. All right, everybody, see you on Saturday. This has been Trey Booty with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.